Oh, the things that I wish I knew before getting diagnosed with celiac disease or when I was newly diagnosed with celiac disease because there are so many, like, things that I felt so alone um, with when I first got diagnosed or I just wanted someone to ask questions to to be like, yo, is this normal? And I had absolutely no one. Um, So I'm here to spill the tea today on so many different aspects of things that I wish I knew when I was first diagnosed with celiac disease because when I first got diagnosed, I didn't even know what celiac disease was. I know some people are like, oh, it's so common. Like, you don't know what it is. Like, I didn't know what it was. I was 17 years old. I wasn't thinking about anything medical (laughs) during that time of my life. So if you don't know what it is, that's completely okay. If you're newly diagnosed, you are in the right place. And we are going to spill the freaking tea. Are you ready? I guess we can start with what even is celiac disease. So celiac disease is an autoimmune disease that attacks your small intestine. When you consume gluten, which is wheat, rye, barley, or malt, it causes an immune reaction, um, which for me is like vomiting. I get the chills. I get the sweats. I get brain fog, muscle aches, abdominal bloating. So it's different for everyone. Some people get rashes and migraines and all of that. But basically, causes an immune reaction in your small intestine. Um, and what it does when you consume gluten is it wipes your villi away. And the villi is part of your small intestine that absorbs your nutrients. So a lot of people who have celiac disease um, suffer from malabsorption of their food, which leads to weight loss. When you start to heal from celiac disease, you will start to gain that weight back because your villi will start to regrow and you will start absorbing your nutrients again. So if you are in the process of healing and you have noticed that you have been gaining some weight, that is all healthy weight, that is all natural weight, and that shows that you're on your journey to healing again. Sorry if I'm a little out of breath at times. I currently have COVID, (laughs) so I'm struggling to, not struggling to breathe, but I'm just like a little bit out of breath right now. So if you are newly diagnosed with celiac disease and maybe you didn't really know what celiac disease was, I hope that helps you understand it a little bit better. Um, And then the only treatment for celiac disease at this time is consuming a 100% gluten-free diet. And that's not just consuming gluten-free food. That also means avoiding cross-contamination because celiac disease is very similar to like a peanut allergy um, or just an allergy in general. You cannot eat anything that has touched wheat. You cannot cut on the same cutting board that has cut anything with wheat on it. So think of celiac disease as a wheat allergy, like similar to a peanut allergy. Um, But just to make it clear, celiac disease is not an allergy. They are two completely separate things. Just to clarify that more, I know some people, and you may have seen this other places, that when people go out to eat, they commonly state that they have a wheat allergy to their server. And the reason we say that is not because celiac disease is a wheat allergy, but we say that because A lot of servers, like I was just saying at the beginning of this podcast, not everyone knows what celiac disease is. If you don't have it, there's a good chance that you don't know what it is, like myself personally when I first got diagnosed. So to go up to a server at a restaurant and to be like, hi, I have celiac disease, and for them to understand what celiac disease is and the idea of cross-contamination, it can be highly likely that you can get sick because they don't fully understand what the disease is. But the moment they hear the word allergy... A lot of restaurants have protocol in um, the restaurant that goes for taking care of allergies. So when going out to eat, it's common that people say that they have a wheat allergy and they don't even mention celiac. Just to make sure that the server clearly understands the precautions that need to be taken when ordering food. So if you are at the beginning of your journey, an important thing to know 
and something that kind of caught me off guard is that when your doctor diagnoses you with celiac disease, they will just tell you to eat gluten-free. They may hand you a packet about celiac disease and different foods that are gluten-free, and then they will send you on your way. Um, After that, you may have so many questions, and your doctors may not be able to give you their full attention to answer those questions. They may not get back to you. They may not help you in any part of your new diagnosis. And when I first got diagnosed, that was really alarming to me because I'm like, wow, you're a doctor. You went to school to study gastroenterology, study about the gut. And now that I have a diagnosis, you're leaving me in thin air with no resources on how to feel better. And I thought the purpose of a doctor was to help you get to the point where you no longer feel sick. And sadly, that is not the case anymore in today's world of Western medicine. Um, And if you do experience that experience, a doctor that does go out of their way to help you do that and help you feel better completely, then you have a good doctor. But it's highly unlikely. I've seen six gastroenterologists and most of them will diagnose me with something, hand me a packet and on my way I go. The rest is for me to figure out, which is why I'm here to spill everything that I've learned. So the purpose of a doctor, the reason I'm going to say this is because I've talked with my gastro doctor about this. And he told me that I probably know more about celiac disease than he does right now. And I'm like, how is that the case? If you studied this in college for years and years, oh my God, there's a squirrel in the trash. It scared the shit out of me. That scared me. Um, Anyways scared the shit out of me because there was like a squirrel in this like hidden trash can and I just looked up he was just like staring at me um but anyways I forgot what I was talking about so yes I was super alarmed to hear that I may know more about celiac disease than my doctor now that I look back on it it does make sense because I live with the disease um I've gone through a lot of ups and downs with it it's different when you live with it versus you study it you just have more personable experience with the disease if you have direct and personal experience with going to a doctor, them saying you have to eat gluten-free and nothing else, don't be alarmed. Just know so many people experience the same thing and there are options that come next. And you might say, what are the next options? So number two is once you get diagnosed with celiac disease, it's important to find a person like myself to reach out to um, in order to help you through your journey you're always welcome to DM me on Instagram and I can help you through that. But also work with a dietitian and a nutritionist to work through understanding what gluten is, what foods are gluten-free, how to read nutrition labels um, and allergen statements to determine if something is truly gluten-free. But basically, they are there to focus on the nutrition side of things. They are not there to support you emotionally or mentally. And that is another thing that you may not be aware of, but celiac disease is more than just a physical disease. It is also a mental disease as well. You will feel the emotional effects of it when you first get diagnosed. You may feel anxious. You might feel overwhelmed. You may feel alone. You might get a little bit of depression, um, which is very common when people have gut and stomach issues. You have mind-gut connection. So when your gut is upset, your mind does some gnarly things and you may feel really sad or in a dark place and that is completely normal as well um so along with seeing a dietitian and a nutritionist i wish that i had seen a therapist to kind of talk through those feelings at the time that i did get diagnosed i was working through a breakup so i was actually 
seeing a therapist, but at the time, I wasn't really focused on my health and celiac disease. I was more focused on other aspects of my life that were causing me some trouble at the time. So again, I would, you know, meet with your doctor, get with it, get your diagnosis. After that, you go home, you try to eat gluten-free the best you can. Just remember, maybe don't resort to gluten-free packaged goods yet. Maybe just know that whole foods are all gluten-free, which is vegetables and meats and rice and potatoes. Um, so maybe if you stick to that, quinoa, butternut squash, all of those natural and whole foods are going to be gluten-free. So while you're trying to determine how to read nutrition labels and allergen statements, maybe start with that whole foods diet. Because one, that is the best way to eat, and that is going to lessen your symptoms better than any diet in the entire world, because eating whole foods just is so nutritious for you, and it is going to help your body in so many ways, um, because a lot of gluten-free packaged goods are really processed and filled with a bunch of chemicals and inflammatory oils that are going to worsen your symptoms. And when you first get diagnosed with celiac disease, your body is in such a high state of inflammation. You might notice your face is puffy or your body feels like it's retaining water. This is also a reason why a lot of people are bloated when they first get diagnosed with celiac disease because your body is under such a high state of inflammation. And when you first get diagnosed, people resort to gluten-free packaged goods because they're like, I don't know what gluten-free means and I don't know what foods are gluten-free. And again, those foods contain a lot of inflammatory oils causing your body to become even more inflamed. Um, and again, that can lead to a lot of bloating and uncomfortable stomach pain, abdominal pain. And to overcome that, I do recommend trying to eat a whole foods diet as quickly as you can. Um, and you might even notice that a whole foods diet is still causing you bloating and uncomfortable symptoms. It's because there's always a layer deeper you can go. So for right now, I'm just going to keep it at the Whole Foods diet, but if you want to learn more about eating an anti-inflammatory diet, um, I have another podcast on that. I don't remember what episode it is, but you can definitely shuffle through my podcast. I only have about like 20 of them. So there is one on inflammatory eating. And if you are looking to decrease inflammation in your body the quickest way and um, the most correct way when it comes to having an autoimmune disease, I would suggest looking into low FODMAP eating or the low FODMAP diet or an anti-inflammatory diet. Now, these two diets shouldn't really have the word diet next to them because it's not a, um, the low FODMAP diet is not a long-term way that you're going to be eating. It is to help you determine your trigger foods when it comes to having IBS and an autoimmune disease because um, certain foods will cause your body to react with bloating and uncomfortable stomach pain because of the way that the foods have a genetic makeup. And unless you have an autoimmune disease and you go down that path, you would never know that. I didn't know that before. I worked with a dietitian and a nutritionist to discover that. But just know, in case you start eating a whole foods diet and you're still feeling sick, um, that is another option for you. So as I just stated, you know, you might be starting to eat a whole foods diet and you might not feel better very quickly. And because of that, you might think, oh, I have to try something new, a new diet, um, a new way of working out, all of that jazz. And to be completely honest, it may just be your body healing. Your doctor may tell you, just eat gluten-free and you'll start to feel better, but they don't always explain how long it takes for your body to actually start to feel better. So I'm here to kind of break down my experience with when I started to feel better. Um, so for normal people, it will take about six months to one year to start noticing a difference from consuming just gluten-free foods with no cross-contamination, um, and that's when you should start to notice healing occurring. You will not feel probably completely healed, but you'll be starting 
onto your journey of decreasing your bloating, decreasing your symptoms. Um, yeah. Mine took a little bit longer because at the time I did not know that I also had other autoimmune diseases and other gut disorders. I also got diagnosed with Crohn's disease. Um, I saw a specialist in New York City at Columbia Presbyterian, Dr. Krishna Reddy, and she also diagnosed me with SIBO, which is small bacterial intestinal overgrowth. Basically means you have an overgrowth of bad bacteria in your intestine um, when you really want good bacteria. And that was because I had been put on so many antibiotics and so many medications to help combat inflammation in my stomach from my celiac and my Crohn's disease that led to the overgrowth of bad bacteria in my gut. I was also diagnosed with E. coli. Um, I had gone to Costa Rica that previous summer and she, she thought that I had maybe picked it up there. And on top of that, earlier this year, I was also diagnosed with irritable bowel syndrome or IBS. Um, so just hypersensitivity of my gut to different foods. And at the time when I first got diagnosed with celiac disease, I didn't know I had any of those things. Um, so my SIBO is treated, my E. coli is treated. I will have IBS and Crohn's for the rest of my life. Therefore, my healing time took a lot longer. I did not start to heal my body until about a year ago. So it took me five years to completely heal from all of my gut disorders. Um, some people go through the same thing and they realize they have more gut disorders. Other people just have celiac disease and they eat gluten free and they feel so much better. So every body is different. Everybody's journey and experience is completely different. And that is something that you just have to be open-minded about and just take day by day Listen to your body, how are you feeling, what's working, what's not working, and then you go from there. Now, the longer that you start to eat gluten-free, the worse your symptoms will get when you consume gluten. This is something I also did not know, and as the years gone on, I had kind of started to pick up on this because when I would consume gluten, my symptoms were completely different than when I first got diagnosed with celiac disease. When I first got diagnosed with celiac disease, my symptoms were really just burping, vomiting, and bloating, and that was it. Um, and the vomiting was kind of more like baby barfing. It wasn't really projectile. As I started to go through my healing process and would accidentally cross-contaminate myself, which is common, um, I would notice that the baby barfing turned into projectile vomiting. And I was like, wow, am I getting more sick? Like, what is happening? Do I have another disease that I don't know about? Like, are these symptoms coming from celiac disease because they're feeling a little bit different than when I first got diagnosed? Now I know they are the same symptoms. It's just because my body was healing from eating gluten-free, and when it would come in contact with gluten, it would become very ill because it's like, whoa, we haven't seen this in so long. Now we're completely damaging myself all over again from a healed state to damaging it. Versus before, my body was already damaged, so when I would consume gluten, it wouldn't really do much different. So versus now, when I accidentally consume gluten, my symptoms are completely different um i first will notice that i feel kind of loopy like i'm drunk um and i'll start to get really dizzy my body will become very achy and very weak to the point where i can no longer hold myself up so i'll either be laying next to a toilet or on the floor somewhere because i can't even move um i'll become very nauseous and i might start dry heaving um and it takes a couple hours sometimes one hour sometimes two hours sometimes 30 minutes for the gluten to kind of hit my small intestine and to give me a reaction and in order for these symptoms to completely go away um i have to vomit everything out of me like that's my body saying like no this should not be in you <laughs> so that is i mean i'm sure there's 
some symptoms like I get abdominal bloating after really bad abdominal stomach pain that feels like 20 knives are just stabbing and twisting all inside my intestines um it's probably equivalent to having the stomach bug but like worse I, I truly don't know how to explain it to someone who doesn't have celiac disease because it is so freaking painful um at times like recently when I was in Hawaii I accidentally consumed gluten because I had a cough drop and I, I didn't read the ingredients well I did actually and it said only contains soy and apparently it had wheat and I, I I get really embarrassed during these times I don't like my friends to see me during these states um, because I'm just like a mess I cannot control my emotions I'm crying I don't want anyone around me unless it's my parents because they've seen this happen so many times um, and my friend was there and that's just something I don't even want someone to take care of me because I want to be strong enough to do it myself um, but during this time you're literally so weak like I almost pass out sometimes I've never passed out before but there are times when I vomited for seven hours straight and I was like, I might need to go to the hospital because I was so dehydrated and my body just like could not take it anymore. There are, with celiac disease, there is a scale of um, intensity of your symptoms when you consume gluten. There are asymptomatic people, people who have zero symptoms when they consume gluten, people who usually don't know they have celiac disease unless for some reason they have to get an endoscopy for usually another medical disorder. And then there are people who are very symptomatic like myself. I'm probably on the right side of the scale, like all the way. Um, and it's usually harder for people who are asymptomatic to eat gluten-free because they don't experience symptoms when they consume gluten. So it's important to know that there is a scale. Some people are in the middle, some people have no symptoms, some people have extreme symptoms. Again, when I first got diagnosed, I had no clue that was a thing. So through eating a gluten-free diet, um, I have been able to control my symptoms and when I don't cross contaminate, I don't have those symptoms for the most part because I have IBS and Crohn's disease. I have experienced a lot of stomach pain over the years. And another thing that's important to talk about is that flare ups don't occur just from eating gluten. And you might be like, how is that the case? Celiac disease has to do with gluten. When you consume gluten, you have a flare up. When you don't, you don't have flare. Because there are other aspects of life that can cause inflammation to your body. And when your body is under a high state of inflammation, it causes your autoimmune symptoms to arise. So things that can um, kind of cause those symptoms to arise is the movement you do. If you constantly put your body under HIIT workouts or running very intensely or doing spin classes, that is going to heighten the amount of inflammation in your body because you just put your body under such high pressure and intensity causes inflammation. It's also going to raise your cortisol levels, which may lead you to feel bloated and it might cause, again, more inflammation in your body. So when you're going through times of flare-ups or high stress in your life, um, you want to you know, shift to more low-impact workouts that are going to keep your cortisol levels kind of lower um, to help with that inflammation and that bloating and stomach pain. Um, again, you can do Pilates, yoga. Working on deep breathing will really help stomach pain and helps um, stimulate your vagus nerve, which helps with digestion and all of that. So there's so many little things that I'm getting into, but I'm going to try to keep it more high level. Things like stress can cause inflammation in your body. And again, when that inflammation hits, it causes your, your autoimmune disease symptoms to arise, similar to when you would experience a flare-up. Lack of sleep can also lead to higher inflammation 
and can cause your body to experience flare-up symptoms as well. So from what I'm saying, different environmental factors can cause your stomach to flare up and you can experience the same symptoms as you would when you consume gluten because your body is under such a high state of inflammation. Kind of switching gears a little bit and going to the next topic. Um, you know, going through so many years of experience this, experiencing this pain yourself, you may resort to telling people how you're feeling, that your stomach is hurting, that you're having these symptoms, that you don't feel good. And you might be a boisterous person who tells a lot of people this. And I, in the beginning, was kind of hesitant to tell people. Then I finally opened up and did tell people. And now when I tell people, they're like, sorry. And they don't seem to sympathize as much. And when this first started to occur, it really hurt me because I was like, wow, these people don't care about me. They're not sympathizing for me. How are they just sitting there and just being like, hope you feel better? Like, they should be really condoling me and like telling me everything will be okay. And don't get me wrong, in the beginning they did and they did sympathize with me and they did tell me like, it's okay, you just need to be strong. But then it came to a point where they completely could not understand what I was going through where I was in so much pain that they had never experienced before that all they could do was say, I'm sorry. And in my head, I just wanted something more and they couldn't give it to me. And it would just cause me to feel like really sad. I was like, wow, I'm completely alone right now. So I just wanted to say this because there is a point when people will become immune to your pain. They will become so used to hearing that you're in pain that it doesn't really phase them anymore. And you might be like, Lauren, what do I do about that? Like, I don't want to be in pain alone. Um, and my biggest tip for you is to be your biggest best friend. You know exactly what your body's been through. You know exactly the pain that you've experienced. If you can be there for yourself during the hard times and you can make yourself feel better, maybe through different self-care things that you like to do, like taking a bath, putting a heating pad on, putting Netflix on and drinking some tea. If you can fully make yourself feel better during these times of pain and you don't need to lean on anybody else, you have literally mastered how to heal from an autoimmune disease. This is the one thing that completely led me on a healing journey that I, nobody told me. Something I figured out on my own. Because I was constantly disappointed with, why does no one care how I feel? Why does anyone like not want to help me make me feel better? Because they just grown immune to hearing me talk about my pain all the time. So yes, it's amazing to have a support system and for people to say they're sorry to you. But it's another thing to completely to relate to yourself, to sympathize for yourself, to take care of yourself in different forms of self-care, and to just truly be your biggest best friend. Because again, you are the only one who understands the pain that you've been through. Another option is to honestly join my support group. Um, we have a support group that meets once a month and we all have celiac disease and other autoimmune diseases like Crohn's disease. IBS, PCOS, EOE, Hashimoto's, literally everything, um, different allergies, food intolerances, and we all talk with each other and we all can relate to each other. We talk about our struggles. We talk about our high times. We just talk about whatever we need to talk about to feel better because we know exactly what we're going through. But again, you know, we can't, I also have a group chat if you'd like to join that as well. But again, you know, we're on Zoom. We're all across the world. Um, so it can be difficult to, you know, reach all of us when you need someone stat. You are always welcome to DM me. You are always welcome to call me. Seriously, I'm always here for you if you need to talk, um, if you need that person. Because I know there's times where I've needed that person. And if I had been there for myself during those times, 
as someone to just call and be like, hey, I need your help right now, I would have, you know, been so grateful. So I'm totally 100% open to be that person for you. But I just say this because I don't want you to be alarmed when people start to not sympathize for you as much when you start to tell people how you really feel years and years down the road. So I actually had a list that I was going down that I wanted to originally when I outlined this podcast, but then I never actually end up using the outline and my mind goes 20 different directions. So now I'm kind of resorting back to the list. So everything's getting out of order. (laughs) But um, switching gears again, um, I just wanted to inform you guys, if you are newly diagnosed, that so many things besides food contain gluten. Um, Toothpaste contains gluten. Envelopes, like the part that you lick to close an envelope, contains gluten. Um, Foods like soy sauce contain gluten. There are so many different hidden sources of gluten that you need to become familiar with in order to avoid areas of cross-contamination. I know I just mentioned that there's a lot of things that contain hidden sources of gluten, and one of the most surprising things when I first got diagnosed was that toothpaste and mouthwash were not always gluten-free. And in my head, I'm like, how can gluten be in toothpaste? I swear gluten is literally in everything. And that was like one of my first thoughts. Um, And I went through the years of just using, you know, Crest or Colgate or whatever. But I feel so much more comfortable having a toothpaste that is certified gluten-free versus using a toothpaste that doesn't even label their product gluten-free or not gluten-free because a lot of them don't. Um, and to take the guesswork out of it, I just started using a toothpaste that was certified gluten-free just for my own peace of mind. And the toothpaste that I do use now is like so much more natural, way less toxic chemicals in it. And I just want to talk about it a little bit today with you. So the name of the brand is called Springing CBD. And it's actually really interesting because I did a whole video on TikTok discussing how toothpaste is not gluten-free and it went viral and so many people were unaware of this and I was like wow I need to make content talking about certified gluten-free toothpaste because I think it's so important that people really know the ingredients in what they're putting in their mouth because if you accidentally use a toothpaste that has gluten in it and that could go on for months and months you could get yourself really sick. Springing CBD is not only certified gluten-free it's also vegan it's kosher it's cruelty-free as well. So those are other important aspects of the toothpaste. Besides the toothpaste being certified gluten-free, my second favorite aspect of it is that it has CBD in it. So CBD comes from hemp. CBD is also known as cannabis sativa. And the purpose of CBD is to enhance and boost our endocannabinoid system, which is a network of receptors in our bodies That helps us fight inflammation and it also helps us to regulate our internal systems in order to maintain a healthy balance. So why is CBD important to someone who has celiac disease or an autoimmune disease? Um, If you've listened to my previous podcast, you know that people with autoimmune disease have a higher chance of inflammation in their body. Your body, when you're in a flare-up, is inflamed. It's just really good to regulate and help to maintain low inflammation levels in your body, and CBD is one of those ways that you can fight against inflammation. So not only is this toothpaste certified gluten-free, but it's also helping you fight inflammation through the CBD as well. I personally used to take CBD drops, but since now it's in my toothpaste, I don't take those drops anymore. 
And for those who don't know, CBD is the part of the plant that does not get you high. So you're not going to get high from using this toothpaste in case you didn't know or you were feeling a bit confused. Overall, the toothpaste is made with really natural ingredients. There's no chemical additives to it. It leaves a very naturally minty flavor and a very refreshing taste in your mouth. So if you would like to look at more information on this toothpaste, um, I will put a link in the description below. Um, but you can also visit springencbd.com, which is S-P-R-I-N-J-E-N-E-C-B-D.com. And if you would like to purchase some, you can use the discount code Lauren25 for 25% off. On to the next topic is you will learn how to communicate with servers and how to confidently eat out at restaurants without doing hours and hours of research. I know in the beginning it can be so overwhelming and you feel afraid to go out anywhere because you constantly keep getting cross-contaminated, which is so common when you first get diagnosed. It's an entire learning journey. And, you know, this is all new to you. You don't even know where you can eat in your hometown that's safe. And over time, after going on vacation to certain areas over and over again, after exploring the gluten-free options within your neighborhood and your part of town, you're going to come up with a list of places that you are going to be able to eat at safely and that you can go without having to call and research and book and ask tons of questions to the servers and cooks. And that is something that comes with time, with practice, with having celiac disease for a couple months even. That's something that won't take, you know, years. Maybe for myself, like I can go to a restaurant without even looking at the menu and then be like, hi, I have celiac disease. Here's what I can eat. Please make this for me. <laughs> and like, it all comes with being a little bit more stern once you gain that confidence with servers because you're paying for a service and they want you to be happy with that service. So usually they will modify an entire meal for you to be able to eat so that they can accommodate you. You will come in contact with servers who are really rude and don't want to accommodate you. And for people like that, they're either very sure that they're not going to be able to accommodate celiac disease or they're just maybe someone who doesn't have a great personality and doesn't like to make accommodations. I personally have been a server. I've worked in the food industry for about seven years um, before I started like my professional career. And I know what it's like to deal with allergies and to accommodate. And it is difficult at times, but you do it because that's your job. So don't feel like you're a burden. Don't let a server that gets upset at you or says a nasty comment get to you. Because I've had servers literally tell me to never eat out again because of my celiac disease. And that's when I say, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> because I'm going to eat out. <laughs> and sometimes it just comes with having that confidence and being like, come on, you're just being rude now. Um, and that's okay. You don't have to be nice to everyone all the time. If there's a certain situation that requires you to not be. <laughs> But that has only happened to me once in my entire six years. And <clears throat> I did not handle it well. I felt like defeated, embarrassed, and I just laughed. I didn't even know what to say. I was just like, wow, okay, I don't even know what to say to that. So if that happens, be alarmed because that's not okay and that's really rude. But don't take it personally. Usually people say those type of things because they're having a bad day themselves or something's happening in their own personal life. And they just portray the outwards. So truly don't take it personally. 
But again, you will be able to get to that point. It just comes with a lot of practice and years of experience, which when you first newly get diagnosed with celiac disease, you might not have those skills, but you will develop them as the years go on and months. Another thing is I get a lot of people who DM me and they're like, I'm really embarrassed that I have celiac disease. I don't know how to tell people. Or when I do tell people, I just feel awkward. Um, And I think a lot of this comes from girls in, you know, the younger part of the community. Um, I can't imagine really getting diagnosed with celiac disease when I was in high school. Like, I know that would be difficult, especially, you know, when you're just trying to be a teenager. You just want to eat what everyone else is eating, especially at lunch and stuff. And I know that's like a difficult time when a lot of kids are really judgmental about little things that they shouldn't be. So I completely understand that. But coming from someone who is, you know, a young adult, 23 years old, sincerely does not matter what other people think. I know when you're young, it may seem like what other people think matters, especially in high school. But truly, when you're older, you're not going to be friends with half the people you're friends with now. You know, they won't even remember your diagnosis. And I think it's super empowering to be confident in your diagnosis, to spread awareness about it, and to be proud of what you were given. That was a huge part of why I started this platform. And as you can see from my platform and so many other people, celiac content creators, there are so many people with celiac disease. If someone is going to judge you for your diagnosis, then if it were me, I would just be like, okay, this person is probably, you know, toxic to my life. Probably talk to them a little bit less and then become closer with people who are accepting of my diagnosis or people who have the diagnosis themselves which is why I've created this whole community and why I want us all to be friends because I know it can be hard to find people with celiac disease in your direct community, but that doesn't mean that those people aren't around within the world. But again, embrace and spread awareness about celiac disease. Don't be embarrassed about what you were given in life. Having and living with an autoimmune disease is not something that everyone is capable of living with. And the fact that you conquer it every day is something that you need to be proud of. I think it's really important to spread that message. I'm so out of breath. If you've listened to the first half of this podcast, I have COVID right now. And I've had COVID before, before it actually like was a thing, way back in 2020. And it didn't really affect my breathing. But holy shit, maybe it's just because I worked out too. But I cannot breathe. <laughs> or I can, I'm just like really out of breath. <laughs> Not that this is funny at all. I'm just like, wow, I'm noticing it because I'm just on a light walk and I'm like struggling to breathe and talk, which is not normally the case for me. (laughs) Okay, on to the next topic. Can you eat gluten if you go to Europe having celiac disease or can you eat gluten anywhere in the entire world while having celiac disease? Dun, dun, dun. What do you think the answer is? Because when I first got diagnosed, I would say, yes, why not? Everyone tells me that if when you go to Europe, you can eat the gluten and it doesn't bother your tummy. And girl, do I wish that was the case? But sadly, it is not. (laughs) When you go to Europe, you cannot eat the gluten. When you go to South America, you can't eat the gluten. When you go to Africa, you cannot eat the gluten. If you go to Australia, the gluten is gluten and it does not change. Gluten is a protein. It does not change country to country. Um, It affects celiac disease the same way no matter where you are. The people who can eat gluten when they go to Europe, where it's a lot more unprocessed and things are more regulated um, in terms of chemicals and stuff like that by the government. Um, Those are gluten intolerant people or people with IBS. 
they don't have an autoimmune disease that attacks their small intestine, it's a little bit different. So if you're gluten intolerant and you go to Europe, the gluten may affect your body differently. But with celiac disease, gluten affects your body the same no matter where you eat it or where you consume it. On to the next, is it common to have difficulty losing weight or suddenly gain a lot of weight when you first get diagnosed with celiac disease or you've been into the diagnosis for a couple years? Um, this is something I actually experienced myself. This is something I get a lot of girls um, that DM me about this topic. And yes, it is the case. And I know I explained this a little bit earlier, but we can go into it again. So when you first get diagnosed with celiac disease, your villi, which absorbs your nutrients in your small intestine, will usually be wiped away, meaning you'll have vitamin deficiencies like vitamin B, um, vitamin D, um, because your, your body is not absorbing those nutrients from your food. When you are starting to heal from celiac disease, those villi start to grow back and you start to absorb your nutrients in your food, which means you're getting more calories from your food. You're getting more nutrients from your food. Those deficiencies in your vitamins are slowly going to go away. And when you're absorbing more calories and nutrients, you're naturally going to put on weight because your body is healing. So you might have gone 23 years with celiac without being diagnosed with celiac disease and been super thin your whole life. And then all of a sudden you start to heal and you're getting all this weight and you're like, well, what is happening? Like this isn't how my body normally reacts to food. And that quick change in weight can cause a lot of body dysmorphia, can cause a lot of confusion. It can cause you to think that you need to work out a lot more because you don't know what's happening with your body. A lot of doctors don't really explain, explain this when you get diagnosed, but I'm here to tell you it is so okay. It is so natural. And this is a weight that you shouldn't be trying to get rid of. Um, I know it might happen quickly and it might be different and it might affect the way that you see yourself, but it is truly your body telling you that you are healing from celiac disease. And when I first got diagnosed, I was like stick thin. I, I used to get made fun of because I was like super thin and I didn't have a butt. I was literally like a twig. It was flat in the front, no boobs, flat in the back, no ass. <laughs> and I used to get made fun of in high school for it. And when I got diagnosed with celiac disease, I started to like gain weight back and gain muscle back. And in the beginning, I was like, oh no, I'm gaining weight. Like, let me work out so intensely to like lose it all again. And I couldn't because I was healing like so well. My body was like, why are you trying to get rid of all your nutrients and calories again? <laughs> like, what is happening? And I didn't ever go back to the way I was because my body wasn't sick like it used to be. Um, and now everyone compliments my ass and I'm like, oh, it's okay to gain weight. <laughs> like, it's okay to finally be healthy. And I think that's an important way to look at it. It's, it's not that you're gaining weight, you're finally healthy. Your body is finally healing. And I think that's the more appropriate way to look at the weight gain rather, it, rather than comparing it to the stereotype of society being like, you're not skinny enough, you're gaining weight. I've gone through body dysmorphia. I've gone through eating disorders with celiac disease. And I'm just telling you now, it's not worth it to fight against your body. You are beautiful the way you are. You have an autoimmune disease that affects your everyday health. And the fact that you have to battle that every day is something that you should be so proud of because you are so goddamn strong and you are a warrior. So don't treat your body with disrespect because it does so much for you already. And yeah, that's just the whole type of journey that I've been on and I've learned so much about my body and I've learned to appreciate everything it does for me. It allows me to wake up every day 
and maybe I can't eat gluten, but I can eat food. So I'm grateful for my body. I'm grateful that it allows me to go on walks and work out. And it takes me in places around the world and it allows me to live my life. And that's kind of the mindset change that I've made going through having body dysmorphia and an eating disorder. And if this is something you're struggling with, I really encourage you to talk about it with someone, whether that's a friend, your family, a therapist. Um, it's not worth battling it alone. And it's not worth not eating because food is fuel, food is delicious, food is the source of socialization, and you deserve to enjoy it. Obviously, this list could go on and on forever. There are so many things that I've learned about celiac disease over the past six years, and I'm sure I'm forgetting a ton of them. But these are some of the core ones that really stuck with me and that come to my memory again and again and something I want to continue to discuss with you guys because... I know when I first got diagnosed, I felt so alone. I felt so hopeless. I didn't even know what was happening with my body. I was so, I was so out of tune with what I was feeling. And I just want you guys to know that <clears throat> it is a learning journey. You, you don't feel overwhelmed in the beginning because you're not going to know everything. Um, these are things you learn throughout the years. But I just want to give you some inside knowledge so that you're prepared for when these things happen, that you're not alone. And I think that's so important to know that you're not alone because... It can get really sad and lonely if you feel that you are. So if you have any questions about anything I discussed in this podcast that you maybe want me to go into more detail about, or maybe you have a specific question, please feel free to DM me on Instagram. I always send voice memos back to you guys because I love to build that personal relationship with you all. Um, And I'm happy to answer literally anything. And if you think it's personal, it's probably not. I share everything with everyone, so... (laughs) Don't feel like you're being a bother because you're not. I'm a resource for you. I'm here to help you through your journey. And it truly makes my day when you guys reach out. So, And if you are looking for more information on celiac disease, discussing certain topics, um, I recommend that you give this Eat Gluten Free With Me podcast a little subscribe so that you can see when I come out with new episodes because I kind of do it sporadically depending on when I have time to record and outline different podcasts. And if you are looking for more everyday content, kind of what I do, what I eat every day, my daily activities, and tips and tricks on living with celiac disease, you can give me a follow on my Instagram.